Welcome to Danny Goldberg's Rock and Rolls Hour. This podcast is an expression of our shared connection, and we are dependent on you, our community, for support. Please go to mindpodnetwork.com slash Danny and either click on the donate button or bookmark the Amazon link through which we get a small percentage of all your purchases. Your support will allow Danny to continue his captivating talks and interviews. Hi, this is Danny Goldberg, and this is Rock and Rolls. And my guest for this podcast is Ioni Sky Lee. Is that how you're known these days, or do you use the old name? I mean, for work, it's still Ioni Sky, but for everything else, Ioni cool. Sky Lee. All yeah. right. Well, I don't know whether this is work or not, but anyway, uh, <laughs> I, known very widely and for a long time as Ioni Sky. She's uh, an actress, a director, a painter. And, and a writer. Uh, of her first book, My Yiddish Vacation, came out last year. She's also uh, the mom of two daughters, married to my friend and client, Ben Lee, and uh, someone who on IMDb has 63 acting credits, starting from when she was 16 in the River's Edge up, in, up until today. So th- the thing I'm trying to get to in these conversations is how to juggle these roles that some of us play in the so-called real world with, with, with the inner world. And you're someone who's been a public person since you were very young. Um, and at the same time, y- 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 you, you come across very inner-centered and, and, and clearly have some kind of a spiritual core. How did you develop that? And at what point did you develop that? Um, I think I had well when I was probably like 12 I had which I think other people had that sort of I almost fantasized about being like a nun and I don't know what that was about but it really it really was um a little bit with therapy that I started a little bit early I started being able to kind of look at myself and uh as the things I was doing was not were not maybe my heart and my center. Um, also, just reading books like Siddhartha at sixteen, I had a really huge experience with, and um, and then when uh, I mean I got sober and then sober through the twelve steps. So that was really a huge. That was sort of the beginning of. Um, the concept of sort of, you know, higher power and looking at your part and, and just reading things, you know, Eastern philosophies on, you know, observing your thoughts and not identifying and all these things over the years, um, just trying to practice them. And, um, of course, when I met Ben, it escalated. I mean, on our date, our first date, he was reading, you know, Saints Alive, that book. Um, really? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. So, I mean, our first like sl- sort of like Saints Saints Alive is written by Hilda Charlton, who is my right. spiritual teacher. And and the first time I met Ben, 
he said that he figured anyone who knew both Kurt Cobain and Hilda Charlton was someone for him to be involved with, which was <laughs> my favorite line ever. First meeting with a with a client, and undoubtedly he will be the only person who ever said that to me. But I didn't know that he was reading that when you had your first date. That's so far yeah. out. Yeah, I know, and it was very powerful. I mean, partly his, you know, he Ben, my now husband, you know, he's very effective when he's speaking about spiritual things anyway. And then that book, of course, she's incredible. And so, uh, you know, being married to him really escalated that. But but all these little things along the way, I'm sure many people have had where you read certain books or you start to learn certain things and practice them for a while. And it all sort of builds kind of a foundation and they connect and you know, I used to do kundalini yoga for a while and all of these kinds of things that come, you know, come into come into your life. And now I'm in my acting class again and my teacher is very um, he's not overtly like spiritual at all. Like but but a lot of his references, uh, you know, Aristotle or Shakespeare or Michelangelo, like he just he's kind of I, and the way he talks about acting, it feels very inner work in a way. Um, not, not at all like bring your own life into it, like your own therapy session or anything like that, but just the concepts of like your imagination and certain things feel very, uh, I don't know. They're, they're also, uh, provoking me about the difference with like reading intellectually and absorbing on another level. So I don't know, along the way, you know, these things stand out. Like you, I have two kids. Mine are a bit older, 22 and 25. But when they were your kid's age, and they're 13 and 5 now, is that right? Yeah, six and, six and 14. Oh, six yeah. and 14. Sorry. Another but you, year. Got the, you got the age gap right. Another year passed. <laughs> so um, my kids used to ask me, especially my son, uh, what are we, you know? Um, yeah. Because, uh, you know, they're Christian kids, Jewish kids. And um, I never wanted to answer that any other way except to say that I believe that all the many, many religions uh, lead to the same place and that it's something that they had to figure out for themselves, but that I was totally enthusiastic about whatever they wanted. Um, I've noticed with both of my kids that they've gotten older, they're... they're, they're um, not that uh, enthusiastic about some of the sort of Eastern religious symbols that they grew up around in our house, because I think there's just a tendency to want to differentiate from your parents. Um, but I'm just curious, um, what, what what do you tell your kids? You know, do you have a context? I read somewhere that Kate was bat mitzvahed. Is that is that right? Yeah, I mean, she I wasn't bat mitzvahed, but she, I'm Jewish, but she wanted to be, I don't know if it's because her school has a lot of Jewish kids or what, but she wanted to be, which I was kind of surprised. And it turned out the rabbi was really incredible. Um, she had Kate had, the night before had like a complete nervous breakdown before. And the next morning she hadn't slept a wink and she was just like hysterically, she was just really having a hard time. And the rabbi came over and they meditated together. And, you know, now rabbis are not, at least some of them are not like just teaching you how to say it properly. They're really going in there and 
you know, it's more spiritual. And, and did, it, uh, did she have to memorize stuff in Hebrew in that aspect of the tradition, or was it a more modern type of a ceremony? Yeah. She still um, had to memorize, and her Torah portion was kind of fun because it was Joseph um, analyzing the, the Pharaoh's dreams, you know. Right. So we, you know, we saw Joseph in the Technicolor raincoat happened to be playing in L.A. And I don't know, it was just a kind of a lively Torah portion anyway. But, yeah, she memorized it. She did the shortest I don't know. I don't know a lot about it, actually, but she didn't do the long winded. I think you can do three or one part. I can't remember, but it definitely was a nice experience. It wasn't she did not dread her Hebrew teacher was super fun. And, you know, it's different now. And she got it really changed her. Actually, she got she now identifies as being Jewish, but she, you know, not not heavily, you know, not in a way that feels like overly attached, but. It felt like it came from her, which I was kind of still don't know what where that came from. Right, right. Well, you never know. I mean, some of it, I'm sure, is the social thing. My my kids both went to high school with mostly Jewish kids and went yeah. to many, many bar mitzvahs. Uh, ne neither of them wanted to do it themselves, though. So uh, that's just that's just the way it is. Um, uh, you know, how do you feel that? Uh, so many people in my life are involved with 12-step programs. Um, how, how, do you feel it's consistent with um, meditation and Eastern religions, or is it its own thing? Uh, how, how, how is the connectivity to you between those ancient traditions and, and, and that program? Well, I mean, it's a really clever program because it's so open. It says, you know, don't put down other things explore like in the big book it says you know get outside help you know don't put down even religions like there may be something there like it's it's purposefully open in that way so that you can continue doing outside things but only recently i started really feeling a conflict but it's also one of the steps is about medit. It's one one of the last steps is meditation. It's like says meditate. That's like in the steps. So mm -hmm. it's a it's a sort of a, a strong. You know, it's not a. They're all like suggestions, obviously, but it's a step to meditate. So, but I do feel lately I've been having a hard time not comparing different things to other things, which I don't think is healthy. But uh, I I'm. Yeah, I've, I've been doing it for so long, and I think I had a fear. What if I don't believe in this anymore? So lately, I've started sort of opening up. You know, I, I don't know. I've just, I'm just sort of exploring. Not that I won't go, but just that, I don't know. Not that I want to find fault in it, but just I do find it difficult. But that's just me. I just want to, like, make this one is the thing and that one's... But it's just, it really is inner work. It's really self-examination in a very non-emotional way. So it is kind of has that Buddhist thing of observing without getting like emotional, just sort of studying yourself, getting rid of opposing the things that aren't working, you know, God, 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 you know. So it's, I mean, not, you know, I know that Buddhists don't really say God exactly, but you know, it's, it's, um, guidance you know yeah, i always like to use the word god a lot around buddhists just to just to mess with them a little bit but um yeah 
but at the same time, Buddhists in general are very, very good people. So they may know a lot that I don't know. I, I just have a, I have a hard time with uh, the, yeah, the devotional thing works better for me personally because I can just put my mind into it, and that's just kind of what got me into in, into it. Uh, so. Um, I, I always have a hard time with with the idea of, of uh, emptiness. I'm, I, maybe I'm just terrified of disappearing, but right. um, uh, you know the devotional thing works a little better for me. But Buddhism is more popular among most of my friends because uh, you you kind of you got married in a Hindu ceremony. Uh, yeah. Where you um, and and I, I I know Ben is does not consider himself anymore a devotee of Ama, but that. That um, cosmos, you know, does have the concept, putting aside the individual teacher or templar of the Divine Mother of, of, of deities that take form. Is that something you're comfortable with or was that just sort of a passing thing in the, in the context of your life? Well, I really, I, that I never expected. I mean, I occasionally, I remember clearly going to someone's house and, Connecticut, this beautiful house, and they had, I don't even know who it was, but a little picture of someone that, you know, that they were devoted to a guru and being quite intrigued and kind of freaked out at this. But yeah, when that came into my life, I was very alarmed in a way, like who has been, you know, this person who's devoted, who has a guru and what does this mean? He, who is, you know, but I had I don't know. I, I was quite like, let me give it the old college try, but I was very discerning and I had a huge experience and I liked going to India and, but I, it was hard for me to completely believe in the avatar thing mo most of the time, but a lot of the, some of the time I did. And I'm happy that that happened. I mean, it still comes up a little bit now. Sometimes when I feel I don't have a trust in our marriage, I'll say, well, how can I trust you? Look at this Alma thing you went through. Mm. But Ben will say, well, so, you know, nothing bad happened. I just, I really, you know, me, I go for it. And then I just, you know, so it's sort of, I'm happy really that, that I had that chapter of exploring being, you know, being devoted to, you know, sort of having a guru. It never quite took, but I loved so many parts of it, you know, uh, like to, the devotional thing I also found was very wonderful. But now I do, I, I kind of like these, this idea of inner, you know, the inner world that might have masters, which I think is in Buddhism, that there are deities in an astral world within our psyche and that we share if we're, you know, but I, I love that idea. Like I, I've been drawn to even the Virgin Mary. I know I'm Jewish, but certain, you know, astral, that's why I loved saints alive. Cause I love yeah. that. I, you know, that of these masters internal and in another reality, um, that can help us get in touch with our beings. And, you know, I like that. Yeah, when I first went to Hilda's meeting, she was talking about the Divine Mother of the Universe. And I had grown up Jewish, and I had a resistance to the idea of anything that sounded Christian because I, when I was in elementary school, there were these Catholic kids that told me all Jews go to hell, and I didn't really like that much, so I kind of blamed Jesus for their behavior. And yeah. I had a block about it. And then um, over time, 
I realized that her concept was that there's this divine mother of the universe that's taken many forms and is experienced in many ways by different people and different traditions, one of whom definitely is the Virgin Mary. I mean, she loved Mary and mm. venerated Mary. But at the same time, that Mary and Durga and Kuan Yin are kind of all the same essence, just taking different forms. And that kind of works for me. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't want to sign up with one team and therefore not be on these other teams because that just right. seems like <laughs> the opposite of spirituality. Yeah. But at the same time, I think that, you know, these traditions, some of them that go on for so long and touch people so deeply, there must be some reason. It can't just be some propaganda. And then inwardly, some of the names resonate with me in a way that just makes me, you know, stop worrying about... Uh, how much money I'm going to make next month or, you know, the normal thing, or does people like me or the kind of things that don't seem as cosmic. So I, I, I'm quite fond of the construct of the divine mother um, personally, but, but Mary definitely to my teacher was one of, you know, she talked about Mary all the time. Hilda had paintings of Mary that she had done. And, uh, you know, she always said, that it would be inconceivable that someone could give birth to Jesus and not herself be a divine being. That was one of her big things, you know. Um, so over time, I got less paranoid about hearing the name Jesus. Yeah, no, I know, it's so funny. The whole, yeah, my friend told me if I didn't believe in Jesus, I would go to hell, but I was under 11. So if you're under 11, you're still innocent. And you know, that whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the new pope tells people that stuff. I, I think this is a better pope than they used to have. But um, yeah, yeah, and that idea that it's—I mean, it's so the the teachings seem it's more just if you have that consciousness and tap into all of those kind of you know ways of being and the compassion and the virtuousness and and just being you know in your heart that's being with Jesus or being with the consciousness of, um, you know, of Mary and, you know, the divine mother, the, you know, it's not like you're going to, you're the hell just means the pain, you know, I mean, I guess symbolically, like that's what hell is. It's just more the disconnection is feels hellish, but it's not literal. But as a kid, yeah, it's so hard not to get literal, like good and bad and all of that. So, your father is Donovan. I know you were raised and grew up with your mom and your brother, but still yeah. his music must have been in your mind. You must have known about his work. And and for me as a teenager, he was one of the artists, along with George Harrison and some other people that were trying to engage spirituality. Was that a plus or a minus for you in terms of how you addressed all that? You mean spirituality? Yeah, in, yeah, yeah. inside, just having that kind of in your in your background, was it something that attracted you or something that pushed you away from it? Because, you know, to the rest of us, it was just music, but to, to you, it's got this whole kind of family drama connected to it. Yeah, I mean, as a kid, my mother was great because she never, until we were pretty grown, never said anything bad about him in front of us, which was nice. Um, and then, of course, you know, when I... It's a constant eye rolling if he's ever mentioned, but right, but, uh, right. But as far as the music, it was like it was just kind of a little painful because it's so beautiful and wonderful, and it just was sort of you know, and having him be kind of known and 
you know, it was sort of just extra painful that he wasn't around. How yeah. could this beautiful music? And oh, now I'm just a little fascinated that, uh, you know, there are these people that are able to write and sort of be mystics in a sense. And then, but their personal life is a bit of a mess. So I, I'm sort of interested in how that can happen. Like, I know, you know, but, um, I guess it happens a lot. So, uh, you know, but cause yeah, when I was younger, it was more, I wasn't really listening to the words cause they are very, you know, spiritual and really amazing, but maybe he understood on a some level these, the things he was reading and exposed to in the times, but yeah. You know, it's what I was reading. Um, one of my favorite spiritual books that I read over and over again is the gospel according to Sri Ramakrishna. And, um, uh, you know, it's 19th century saint and it's, it's very long, uh, descriptions of these conversations he had with disciples. And he was a early proponent of the idea of, uh, many different paths to the same goal and talked a lot about the difference between form and formlessness. But there was some section where some some devotee of his was saying, he says, I feel like an oxen who is carrying sugar and the people that I bring it to can experience the sugar, but I can't taste it myself. Oh. And, and I thought that was a metaphor for certain artists that are, oh. that are channels of such a high vibration that they can bring to the world and other people but then inside their own psychology, they don't they can't always access it them, themselves. I thought it was kind of a cool metaphor for for that thing. Um, but I don't know. They say anytime someone's in human form, they're going to have human uh, hang ups and ego. Yeah, stuff. For uh, sure. you know? I mean, Martin Luther King's one of my favorite people that ever lived. And he definitely had, you know, a lot of drama and affairs and, you know, uh, complexity in his personal life, but was, you know, as close to an American saint as we produced, as far as I know. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah. But, but it's a weird, it's, 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 it's a funny thing to, to be in the middle of it. Um, so at a pretty early age, you were famous because you were in these movies that, you know, and, and you know, and, and plus growing up in, in Hollywood, which is a community where uh, there's an intense awareness of uh, people's uh, box office, their ratings and, uh, you know uh, what parties they're invited to, and 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 so on, and and um, again, I, I I didn't know you as a young person, but you you seem to to be completely um, unaffected by that sort of uh, uh, Hollywood uh, hierarchy, uh, and at the same time able to function reasonably well in it. Was was that just the way you were brought up? Is it? Was it some of the spiritual things? How, 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 how have you been able to navigate that in a way that keeps your identity uh, not so dependent on, on uh, you know, magazine articles or things like that? Yeah, I think I just, I mean, a lot of it was just a kind of minimizing of myself and an insecurity. And I just, I mean... I just sort of didn't believe I was famous and I wasn't that famous, but I mean, I could have, you see some people, they get a tiny bit of fame and they have, you know, a clothing line and they, you know, they really know how to work it or they get a stylist and they just get photographed at everything and they really can build it. So they're like a brand and they're known. And I just sort of, firstly, I wasn't that interested in like, you know, doing that kind of putting that work into it in that way. But um, 
yeah, I just, I didn't really think I sort of had all of those teenage, I just was insecure. I didn't quite believe like they're going to find out I'm not really an actress and you know, all that. So that was one thing. And, um, but the, but it definitely inside, I thought, oh, I did start using the terms normal people versus me in the group of people who were in the industry. So I noticed like, all those people with normal jobs. So I definitely in my mind was separating, like if you were, you know, a musician or an actor that had a little bit of success, you're not, you're not a quote unquote normal person, you know, in that way. Like I did sort of separate that this was something better, I guess, to be in the industry. So I had that inside, but, um, I didn't, you know, and then I got distracted by, I loved musicians and I, my first boyfriend was Anthony Kiedis and I just went on tour with them and then worried about him all the time. And then when I was married to Adam Horowitz and the Beastie Boys, I went on tour with him. So I was very like, not, I didn't take care of my career the way I could have. So I also had that really like love, you know, I let myself just follow these love I didn't balance, you know, I didn't have the, I was ambitious in love, but not enough in my career in a way. Well, you know, you've had this other artistic strain that you've painted since you were very young. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my thought of you, I look every day at the painting of Krishna that you did that I, that I bought some years ago. So that's, that's why one of my main concepts of you, is that something you've maintained through the years or it comes and goes? I mean, I've pretty much maintained it and it, and it, yeah, there's stronger periods than others, but that is for sure something that I never, uh, I haven't gone in the art world in a way where I'm scarred by being in it or I have any bad, you know, any baggage. Cause I haven't put myself out there as much as I probably, you know, some people, but I definitely feel that's very, um, natural and I don't have, I don't question I don't question it as much as like writing and acting and directing, but, um, yeah, that's just been a very sort of a natural kind of thing for me to do over the years. Did you ever study painting? I mean, I don't, uh, they look pretty sophisticated to to my untutored eyes. Is that, is that something that you've worked at the way you have at, at, at acting or it's just, that just comes naturally out of you, the painting? I mean, I drew a lot and I'll, I have these certain books that I go back to about of the human form and I'll copy them. And I took one sort of workshop one summer in Woodstock, a painting workshop. But apart from that, I might take a course, uh, you know, here and there I've done little things, but, and what, well, you know, really studying other painters and, and painting with some of my friends who are more technically, you know, technically like you know, they can paint clouds and water and, you know, I mean, on one hand, I really like my styles, but I definitely think, uh, you know, learning how to really do something can't hurt, you know? So I might take a class coming up, uh, with somebody, you know, to learn shading and all of these sort of techniques, but yeah, it's been most, mostly me on my own. Yeah. I just, it occurred to me that maybe having that other way of expressing yourself, gave you a little less dependence on, 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 on the traditional showbiz, um, you know, construct, uh, you know, I know, you know, you see, so you're looking at this as like, Oh gee, I didn't push myself and I, I didn't strike while the iron is hot. I read, you said in one interview to me, it's kind of, I admire the fact that you didn't become addicted to the, to the game that you've been able to play it with 
quality and excellence and, you know, you're not starving, but it, but 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 didn't become so emotionally dependent on it, you know, in a way that I see some people in 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 the art world in, in show business be. So, uh, but but I guess these things have two two edged swords. Um, yeah, no, I do think that's it's not it's true. I'm a little I, I'm a little sort of hard on myself, and I don't see that I might have not wanted. I mean, yeah, I didn't really want to. Uh, go into it, you know, in, in the way that some people did or, you know, in that way. But I, I also never wanted to stop. And I do keep, uh, you know, I just, I, I want to keep acting. And so I, I think it's nice. I haven't dropped it, you know, like some people leave their careers. Like I just sort of felt why, you know, it's, it's, uh, I just did something that Chloe Sevigny directed and it was so fun. And, uh, you know, this is like, why, why stop? I like, you know, it's yeah, not always, yeah. it's not always good quality things, but I, um, I'm definitely open to having a nice career, but I wouldn't, yeah, I guess and when I started having kids, also the idea of being on a TV show and being away from them right, didn't, right. didn't sound great, but you know, but it's, yeah, it's, it's actually been nice when I look back on the 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 amount of acting I've done, it's probably been exactly what I would kind of wanted. If you look at it, it's it's. I mean, from the outside, it's pretty it's pretty impressive. You know, I know inside, it's always easy to focus on the gaps, but there's quite a lot up there that you've that you've done. But I but it's always the next thing, obviously. What you want to talk a little bit about the book that was last year, my Yiddish vacation. That was a that was a new venture. Where did that come from? Yeah, I um I mean Yiddish is so uh so fun and you know it's definitely kind of going away and it to me it reminds me of the generation of you know like my grandparents generation uh which where you know and before that that where they had Yiddish you know in the in the in the family. I mean my grandparents didn't speak it fluently but um, I guess I just, I, I just remember one day we were write, trying to write a whole letter using a lot of Yiddish words and it just very happened just very naturally. One day I just was talking to Ben and saying, oh, it'd be so fun to show in a story like what these words really mean. And, and then it just very organic, that project. And then Ben said, well, why don't you try to put this out? Cause I, I wrote this little sort of outline and I said, well, what do you mean? And he said, well, I, why don't you call William Morris? And I was like, I'm not with William Morris anymore. And he said, well, I am. And so I was like, oh, right. And then <laughs> what's sort of nice is like lately that that sort of wall or the door that I perceive other people get to walk through, the people that direct features or get on certain things that I would think I want to be on or people who get books published. It just seemed like they know how to walk through these doors. I don't know. Lately, that's just sort of gone away where I just see, oh, they just do this. They do that. It may work. It may not. The project might fall through. It might not. But it doesn't seem so mysterious to me that. And in this case, it was just great. I mean, I got a literary agent right away and then it got picked up pretty much, you know, at Holt, this this sort of offshoot at Holt, which was a great place. And so it just, and we got an illustrator very quickly and, uh, like the second person we asked. And so anyway, it was just a nice project. It just really, uh, 
happened just very nicely, you know, not a lot of problems. And it's about me and my brother and I could write a million stories about us. And I actually wrote another book, but she said, well, let's wait and see, you know, how this one does. And so children's books don't do very well, but she said, you should try a young adult. That's a, that. Right. right. So I, I I went to on a UCLA, like I like these online courses and I started, you know, trying to learn how to write a young I mean I like writing but writing a novel compared to a children's book is you know a whole other thing but I'm sort of I started that and it's hasn't you know I I still should be open to that because I do love writing so that's that and um so you've got this one iconic role that 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 you'll always be known for which was say anything and um do you I know my my daughter, who's you know was not born. I don't think when it came out, loved that movie, and and it, it seems to somehow have survived all these different generations. What what people must come up to you all the time and 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 mention it. What 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 is it about that that seems to have stuck with people? Um, I think. Uh, I mean, I guess it just Cameron Crowe is very. He just has, it's just, it's very much, you know, him, his, he's got a kind of, he's just got a thing about him. And in that movie, he's got this kind of warmth and quirkiness and intelligence. And, um, it's funny. I can't quite watch that movie objectively for some reason. So, I mean, I think it, I, I, I don't, I can't even say what the movie's like exactly, but people really find it. I guess because the characters were those sort of not uh, stereotype roles, you know, and uh, they were a little off, you know, like John Cusack's role. I mean, I've had people say, oh, I knew a girl like you or I was like the, the Lloyd Dobler character. And so I guess it just he got these kinds kind of different type of complex people that weren't, you know, that were relatable and. Um, he's so sincere. It's such a sweet, you know, sincere kind of uh, movie, I guess. You know, it's hard for me because uh, for some reason I can't really, like, watch it properly. So I don't know. But well, I'm very- plus, what, you were, like, what, 19 or something when you did it? I mean, it's a, it's a totally other time in your life, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I was 16. And so, yeah, when I watch it, I, I kind of— you were, I have- you were 16 when you did that? Yeah, wow. So I, I didn't really, um, I, yeah, at that age, it was just anytime I see something I've done, I just watch it and I re-experience what I was going through personally. So it's kind of hard to watch it as a piece of work. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess. Have your daughter, has, has Kate seen it? Yeah, finally she saw it and she thought, you know, it was weird. It was just weird for her. Yeah. Thought it was weird, which I knew it would be. Yeah. But, um. Yeah, that that was uh, it was just weird for her to see me. But I'm glad I've done something that she would like, because some things were, have been uh, too, for a long time too mature. And yeah, stuff. yeah, too dark. Yeah. 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 But she's now older. Yeah. As a Facebook uh, member, I daily see posts from your husband about Kolari essential oils. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> is this something you're also involved with or is this... Uh... 
I mean, I'm not really involved with the, uh, like the sort of, you know, getting it out there to people. And at first we both were like, Oh, what is this pyramid scheme or something? But I mean, we have all these oils and I, you know, that's great. I like these oils in the house. Um, I, I, yeah, I'm not selling them or anything, but I do like that they're, you know, the, it's sort of helping the charity he's involved with. And also he's, I'm curious to see, cause he, it is bringing in money now a little bit. And, you know, I'm sort of skeptical on the side, like really people make that much, Yeah. but you know, you put in what you get. I mean, it's like you're selling things and you're, you know, you definitely, you know, at first I thought this can't be good for someone's career, but it, because it's joined up with a charity and I don't know, it's working the more, the farther along it goes, it feels like less of a, you know, I mean, it's still kind of odd to have a new, this new thing in our life kind of that he's doing, but it's not, you know, it's just, you know, he's interested in the business, you know, I don't know. It's captured his imagination, but you know, and I like them, you know, I, I really like, having the oils um yeah he's it's not hurting anyone right now i don't think it's hurting his career i hope but he's you know he's like he's enjoying the challenge he's very up for like you know he loves certain challenges so there's yeah he's very um productive yeah always doing something and this Mm -hmm. is this is a thing so i i guess we're kind of winding to an end of these things it's not like a TV or radio show that where there's an exact timing, but it's there on average around 40 minutes. And it's telling me that that's approximately how long we've been talking. Do you uh, have any practice that you would want to share with people? Do, do you meditate on a regular basis? Is that, is that a practice that, that you have, or do you have other practices that help you stay centered or, or what, what do you do to, to, to get out of bad moods? Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I meditated today, but for the first time in a couple weeks. I mean, I really would like to have a daily meditation practice because I think it's, I mean, I think I can observe throughout the day and try to connect throughout the day, but definitely taking the time to just only try to connect to my being and, you know, sort of let things come in that way. I think meditating is great because that's like, that's all you're doing as opposed to like trying to kind of do it while driving, you know? So I think that's great. I mean, I just think meditating is, yeah, I just, you know, I, I definitely think meditating is terrific for connection and getting kind of, you know, discerning like what the messages that are good for you and, you know, studying, whatever, all of that stuff yourself, studying yourself. But yeah, I've tried to, um, lately it's just, you know, I get caught in these old ways of thinking or reactions, even if I'm not, even if I'm good now at this point in my life of not reacting with somebody, but even inside, I'm just getting better lately at just saying like, do I want to do this? You know, do I want to be miserable right now? Even though I'm so attached to it in the moment. So I'm trying to really just kind of remember like, uh, I, I know I'm believing this and it feels very strong, but it's kind of miserable So let me just like shake this off and try to like, you know, get a new way of believing, a new way of thinking, you know, Um, because I really can get 
stuck in, in things, you know, as we all do. And I've loved, I love dream, you know, I don't do it all the time, but I do love dream work, like the Jungian dream work stuff. Cause I think that's pretty interesting. How do you, what talk more about that? What exactly does that mean? So like, we, you know, you would write down your dream and you can just, you know, it's hard to remember dreams, but if you just kind of before bed, just say, I'm going to, I want to remember my dreams. It might take two weeks. It might take two nights, but eventually for some reason, you'll start to remember your dreams more. If you just can't, you know, you have to say to your sort of talk to yourself, you know, and it's funny because if I don't do that, I'll just stop remembering them. But, and then kind of just writing um, you know, this sort of points of the dream and it's kind of interesting. And the, and the egos in the dream, like passiveness or, um, confusion or, uh, whatever, cutting my daughter's hair or whatever. And then like the Jungian thing is you would talk to someone about that dream and you start to, you don't really use pretty much don't trust the you in the dream mainly of being like that. It's going to pretty much show just a lot of defects of character or egos, it seems. And then there will be some dreams that have sort of seemingly a message of, of or balancing. Like someone I talked to, someone had died and they were very anxious, but they had this really wonderful dream. And it seemed like a balancing to just sort of show that there is this side, you know, that is actually okay, you know, or something like that. But it's kind of like you can turn dreams on their side a million times. And, you know, one can have like Jung, I think would have, you could have a dream and just continually work on it for years and years. Cause it's sort of almost impossible, you know, to fully understand. But once, like if I talk to someone or Ben or whatever, I used to go to a class when something feels right, you kind of go, oh, yeah. So I don't know. It's just it's like, um, you know, just associations, too. Like, well, it, it just requires work, which I usually am a bit impatient. Like, what are your associations to China or, you know, because it's all tailor made for you. And it does seem like your unconscious, I think Jung believed, is trying to help you the way that nature really does want to you know, a tree does want to be healthy, uh, you know, and grow in the right direction and all of that, that your unconscious is really trying to kind of help you be healthier. So it wants to show you things. That's the kind of idea. Anyway, it's really, it can be kind of interesting. It seems narcissistic, but it's all to be more peaceful. And then that in turn, of course, you're able to be nicer to people and do better. You know what I mean? So I think it's all about self-growth. It's the interesting yeah. thing that you said about the unconscious trying to help you because a lot of the time I think of my unconscious as undermining me, that it's yeah. my neuroses, it's my fears from when I was a child, it's my desires from when I was 13, it's, uh, it's uh, what, what, all of those kinds of things um, kind of... Uh, infiltrating my consciousness and getting me uh, into arguments with people or depressed or things like yeah. that. And yeah. that is part of the unconscious that I guess one tries to observe. But I do think you're right. There is also a positive part of the unconscious that gets you through and solves problems and, and all the positive things also that come from it. Um, 
you know, it, it's it's a funny thing that unconscious. I I I I, I, yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, I guess because like this teacher I had would say these dreams are trying to help you. They're showing you basically like a lot of your faulty thinking. But yeah, what part? Because the unconscious is full of. I mean, the dreams are mainly the awful ways you know, I feel about this and that and the, the kind of wrong quote unquote way of thinking. That's not the God or heart way of thinking the thing, you know, there's this imprints and yeah, all of these, just like you were saying, it's all these different, you know, whatever depressions or fascinations or all these things that kind of can get in the way. But, but yeah, I know when they say the unconscious wants to help, I don't know. I'm sure it means the being and then the, and then the material is what we can just learn about or something. Yeah. Taking that material. And then what do we do? Then, you know, try to just see it as separate as of our, from our being, I guess. Cause then it's like, what do you do with this information? I guess it's like practice, uh, just opposing it and realizing, oh, this isn't making me happy, even though I know I feel like it's a part of me. Yeah, you know? yeah. So. Well, I'm. Uh, you've given me some inspiration. I have such a hard time remembering my dreams. I, yeah. I, I try. Uh, you know, uh, I try to do it. I have a therapist who's a Jungian who keeps urging me to, uh, to, to do this. But maybe, maybe uh, inspired by this call, I can. Uh, I, I can start remembering them, but, um, yeah, first time, maybe once you get into one, you'll be, you'll be, you know, you'll get excited about it or something. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. It's, it definitely takes a lot of like, almost like you're talking to yourself, like, oh, let's do this. You know, it's funny. Well, I thank you very much for spending this time with me. And, uh, uh, I, I urge everybody, what's the website for your paintings? Because I must say, as someone who is an owner of this, this Krishna is so beautiful. I don't know whether you were conscious of it or not, but I really believe Krishna came through uh, you when you painted it. And I, and I look at it every day and, and, and um, they're very, very beautiful. And, and, and somebody might be listening to this and have an impulse to, to check it out. So it's called, I think, Ioni Sky Paintings.com. Is that correct? That's right. That's right. Ioni Sky Paintings.com. Okay. Yep. Well, I recommend a visit there, and I thank yeah. you very much for your company. Oh, back at you. All right. See you soon. Okay. Bye. Mwah. Thanks for listening to Danny Goldberg's Rock and Rolls Hour. We appreciate your support and hope you will continue that support by going to mindpodnetwork.com slash Danny. Thank you. <laughs>